Hello fellow riders, it's your host Rusty James. It is Friday, October 16, 2015, and this is The Ride. Friday, 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 Friday! Give me some Friday! I need this Friday. On Monday I said I was going to take this week by the horns. Still didn't figure that out, but I think I conquered it. How about you? If not, we have a week next week. And you can do it then. Man, is it beautiful out here. I'm in the southern portion of Michigan. And the colors are just starting to pop come alive I love this time of year I love this time of year and I love spring I think it's because change is in the air and I kind of like change which is a good thing because life is full of change that you cannot do anything about in fact it's fairly steady concept steady in that there is always going to be change and that won't change get it <laughs> So, yesterday I mentioned I woke up and I looked outside and I saw our sprinklers going and I had made a comment that I was going to touch on that. Well, I never got around to it, so I'm going to do it right now. I was listening to Proverbs 16, because you know if you know the thing where uh, there's 31 Proverbs, so you like check out the proverb of the day. Whatever day of the month it is, you check out that proverb. It's kind of a cool way to, to get the word in you. So anyway, I was checking it out. I will admit I haven't been doing that as much with proverbs. But I have been staying in the word because I can't tell you to do something and not do it myself. So I have been getting some word into me. But Proverbs 16 kind of boils it down. It's all about motives, deception, and not, and not to be a deceiver. It's, it's motives, man. What I was thinking about when I saw the sprinkler going off the other day, I thought, you know what? The grass is not in a place to receive that water. It's the wrong time of year. It, I'm, I'm watering it kind of in vain. And I was thinking about situations when I have provided something to someone and it was like watering grass at the wrong time of the year. Provided some kind of help. I thought it was help. I thought I was giving them help. And what I was really doing was just enabling them to not mature. So I want to be clear here. I'm not talking about, you know, helping somebody who's really needing help and they're really in dire straits if they don't get some form of help. I'm not really talking about that. And I'm also not talking about help in the sense that, um, you know, sharing the gospel with somebody would be help. I think that you can always do that. Having the, tr the word of truth in a situation never fails. Even if the person rejects it, and maybe even rejects you because of it, you know what you believe. You're sharing what you believe. We believe as Christians that the truth of the word helps a situation, regardless of 
how the receiver takes it. Now we need to be prudent and, uh, you know, not be confrontational and that type of thing. But sometimes people need a little bit of a two-by-four, I'm sorry, but a little bit of a two-by-four upside the head to realize the error of their ways. What's an example of this? Well, you know, someone who's in a very destructive pattern of behavior needs to see the light before they it might take their life. I mean, I'll just be very blatantly real with you today. And sometimes it's up to us to bring about that knowledge into the situation. And that's what I'm calling the two by four upside the head. Sometimes reality needs to be shared, regardless of how they're gonna look at you the next day. And it's for their own good. Okay, I, like I've said, I've, in the past, I've not, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not licensed to practice, but I do know a few things about life And sometimes you need to be the voice of wisdom in a situation if there is no wisdom there. Okay, but back to the sprinkler system, okay? So it's watering the grass. It's not able to use what it's being given. So I'm thinking of situations that we must be careful of where we're offering help or what we think is help to a situation. And really all it's doing is causing there to be a dependence on the very help that we're given. It's kind of the teach a a man to fish thing. You know, you give the man a fish, he can eat for a day. Teach him to fish, and he can, you know, make it through his life. And then one step better, teach a man to teach a man to fish. And you've created a leader of men. I just made that part up. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) The ultimate is to be able to be a mentor to somebody so that they can mentor somebody. And then it self-perpetuates. But the thing we need to be cautious of is this enabling practice. Okay, so what can be an enabling practice? Hmm. I might step on some toes. Is it okay to step on toes? Remember, getting the truth into a situation, no matter how touchy, is the better route to go. Hmm, how do I how do I get truth into a situation? Well, you know what? I'm going to let you find out a lot of that truth. A lot of that is found in Proverbs. That kind of instruction. And it would behoove us. I like using that word. Actually, I don't like using that word. I think it sounds pompous. It would do us well to read Proverbs and wherever this is this is our homework okay take a month to do this this is our homework I'm gonna be grading next month okay this is the homework and this means that I got to do it too all right I am preaching to myself this is our homework as we read a Proverbs a day write down anything that rubs you the wrong way do it Write it down, and I mean on paper. So you have to use your own muscle memory and muscles in your fingers to put it on the page so that you can see it, so that you can feel the effort it took to get it captured. So no cut and pasting into a 
note document. I'm talking about write it down on paper. We all can do that. Whatever rubs you the wrong way. And then we need to pray. Every day we look at what we've written down because I can guarantee you, you're going to get some things. <laughs> then we pray that the Lord gives us insight and wisdom about those things. You know the guy who wrote those in Proverbs asked for wisdom from the Lord and the Lord gave it to him and he then placed this wisdom on the page for you and me. And now that wisdom's transferring to you and me. We're writing it on our page and we're asking the Lord to give us insight to this wisdom. Don't you know he can do that? Wisdom. I think Proverbs 16 or maybe 17 talks about wisdom is more valuable than money, riches, gold, all of that stuff. It's to be sought after more highly than those things. I think I know why too. If you've got wisdom in you, first of all, you have something that not a lot of people are operating in, especially if it's God's wisdom. So you're unique. What does uniqueness bring to the world? Well, it can bring either destruction in the, in the form of, you know, evil terrorist activity, unique in that way, but it also brings about recognition and honor. And what does recognition and honor bring, you know, to a unique individual who has a, a unique insight that's beneficial to the world? Well, it brings honor, glory, and cash, Olav. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, you could, for example, uh, Dave Ramsey. I was thinking about him the other day. That dude started from nothing and grew to millions and then lost it all, pretty much, because he was foolish with his money and relied on it too heavily. I don't know when he became a Christian in the process, but somewhere in there, and maybe he was even beforehand, but he just was unwise with his money. At some point, the Lord gave him an, a seed of wisdom to teach other people to be smart with their money. And now, he's developed a unique perspective on it, and he's unique in that way, and it has propelled him into honor and reputation and cashola. I like to believe that the houses he buys, he buys with cash now. But anyway, that was a diversion. So we were to operate in wisdom. So back, I, I keep going off on these trails, sorry. But back to this whole idea of careful where you water. Careful where you water. You water too much in the wrong time, wrong season. And what will happen to the, you know, into the grass is it can get overwatered. It can get really dependent on the water that it's getting so much so that it doesn't put its roots down deep. I think I'm speaking correctly. I'm, I'm kind of inferring or deducing this information. Pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, the, 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 the roots don't go deep because the, it doesn't have to search. It doesn't have to discipline itself. The grass doesn't have to discipline itself to go deeper to find the water that will give it sustaining, get this, sustaining life. If it's just getting water all the time, it, it doesn't have to do that. So it doesn't, 
it doesn't mature properly. It's just getting, it's just a, a sugar daddy. No, no. What's the one who gets the money from the sugar daddy? I don't know. <laughs> it's just getting what it didn't have to work for. Another thing that happens is if it's overwatered and it's not having to mature its roots to get it for sustaining growth, overwatering can also bring about disease and other forms of plant life or, you know, moss, that kind of thing. I think I'm right. And it can kind of quench the drive to mature and it can stifle the growth and almost hinders and hampers the growth of that grass. So there's a proper time to provide nourishment and there's a proper time to not provide nourishment. This is a whole concept about enabling. Sometimes the people that you're helping, I don't know whether it's financially or emotionally or, or whatever, is causing there to not be a maturity happening in the life of that person. And you think you're doing the Christian thing to help them out. You know, I, I could come up with a bunch of examples. I, you're probably thinking of one right now that you might be doing. I almost want to just let the Holy Spirit tell you that. And my job right here today is just to tell us that this enabling behavior isn't helping. Now sure, there's periods of time that you can help when there's really a need. And when there, if you didn't supply that help, you know, the grass would die. Do you know what I mean? But you can't keep doing that. At some point you have to let it, the grass, the subject we're talking about, find its water. I think in Proverbs 17, I'm gonna have to check it out. I think there's a spot in there where it talks something like that. Something like, uh, um, you know, you have to work for your bread or something. And that it's better that you have to do that. I think somewhere else there's a place, I think David said it's better for me to... I think somebody offered him to give to give their land to him for it to be some kind of a altar to the Lord or some kind of a gift to the Lord or I don't know, something like that. And David was saying, I don't want that to be a gift to me. I want it. I want that thing I bless the Lord with to be something that cost me something. I don't want it to have cost me nothing. Well, you don't want those in your care that you're helping to mature only on what you're providing them. That's not maturity at all. Just saying. You need them to have to pay something. They need to have, for their own good, they need to pay something to get to where they need to be. If you're offering a ride to someone in your family because they don't want to drive a car, they don't want to do those kind of things and they might be a, a single parent or something and you know they don't know how they're going to you know find time to do the car thing and and have to pay the insurance and all this kind of stuff and you're you're offering to do this that's fine for a while but at some point they need to mature and get to the point where they recognize they have this responsibility this child that they're raising and they're not going to be able to have grandma and grandpa drive them around town all the time i'm just saying
I know I'm stepping on toes, but those are the kind of things that really require maturity on both peoples and on both parties. The one providing the help needs to mature up and say, you know what, it's not helping you, me doing this all the time. You really need to, now I'll watch the kids for a little while while you go take care of business. The business you need to take care of as a mature adult, you need to take care of business. And I promise you at the end of the thing, when they have, when, when, when you've let those roots have to go and get their own water, at some point they will reach a level of maturity that can say, you know what, thank you for encouraging me and kicking me out of the nest, so to speak. I had to get my wings dried out so they could fly. So I don't know how a sprinkler system that didn't turn off and eagle's wings, how they come together, but you just heard it right here, right now. <laughs> the point is we want to help people mature. How do we do that? We don't enable them to not mature. When they're mature, they're able to recognize their need for Christ too. If you're providing all what they need all the time, they're not having to depend on the Lord. So if you're enabling somebody like that, the double whammy is they don't need God. They just need you. And there's no need for them to mature. Well, that's not doing anybody any good. They need to know they need the Lord. Okay? How do you do this if you're stuck in the pattern of enabling? Well, the Word of God gives you some clear instructions in Proverbs. And as you're doing the homework this month, write down these things that stick in the craw a little bit and pray about them and the Lord will give you some new wisdom. All right? So you stay in that Word. And you live peaceably with your neighbors. You live in peace. And you pray for those who persecute you. And don't enable. Let the people that are in your circle mature, healthy lives in Jesus' name. And I will see you on the flip.